Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, and welcome back. Today we are chatting with the incredible Jen Tuff. Jen is the owner of Jen Tuff Gallery in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Jen, I am so happy you are here with us today. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to do this with you. Oh, I can't wait. And, you know, we met in person this spring, which was really special. We had a great conversation and it was at the Art Expo in New York. So we were just surrounded by so much incredible work. I would love to start the conversation by asking you a little bit about your journey as a gallerist and what inspired you to, you know, sort of integrate yourself into the art world uh, to begin with. So if you'd love to jump in, that would be great. So um, I got a BFA in fine art um, long ago in the dark ages of the 80s. And um, when I got out of school, I had every intention of getting my MFA. And my goal was to be an art professor. That was kind of my dream. Um, Back in, let's say, I guess it was like 89, 90. um, It was for women, it was was pretty difficult to get positions at at good universities as an art professor. You know, sadly, um, back then, um, even though it wasn't that long ago, it still um, was not so favorable for us. Um, so I shifted gears. I moved to Los Angeles, actually started out as a maid in Los Angeles. (laughs) Um, and then I shifted gears into doing commercial art and I, uh, did graphic design and art direction in Los Angeles for a long time. I was the art director for Warner brothers records, which was pretty cool. I guess now it's just Warner records. Um, I also, um, was the art director for urban outfitters in Philadelphia. So I had a short stint there with them. Um, their corporate offices. Um, and it wasn't until uh, 2017 and um, I decided I wanted to get back into doing fine art, get back into fine art. And so my way of doing that was um, opening a gallery because honestly, I'd kind of found that after you know 25 years of looking at art and creative work and photography and illustration and all that kind of stuff, um, that I was much better, I had a much better eye than hand so to speak. And I'd really kind of lost my desire to make art anymore. Um, but showing it and, um, helping artists, you know, get shows and building shows. I just absolutely loved. That was my progress. That was my evolution there. Amazing. Amazing. And I know you recently, you know, opened your space in Santa Fe, which is super exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about what is the most impactful part of being a gallerist and working with artists? I think the most impactful part, I love discovering new talent. I mean, I love that. And then I love, maybe it's the people pleaser in me, but I love, you know, showing, being able to show people and get exposure for them and, and help their career progress. I mean, I'm, I'm really into that because I have so much background as, you know, as an art director, I did so much marketing and um, promotion and stuff for different brands and things like that, that, it's kind of in my DNA, I think, at this point. And so I, I really enjoy that. I find that very creative and challenging. And I love exploring different ways that artists can interact with the art world. 
I think that the traditional way of galleries and then artists waiting to get into a gallery to, you know, to make their way in the art world is, is kind of dying, you know, and I love finding other ways to allow artists an on-ramp, so to speak, into, into the art world, into getting exposure and things like that. I think it's really important and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's amazing what you're doing and you're opening doors for so many emerging artists and, you know, it's really powerful. Um, how do you structure your gallery? I know that you provide a lot of opportunities for artists from all over. Um, so what is sort of the process of how you have structured it and the kinds of opportunities that you provide? Well, I, when I first started out, I was, it was very traditional, you know, 50-50 commission, uh, you know, I would review portfolios and then, you know, they would get either in a group show or a solo show or things like that. Um, and then quickly I found that that's just, it's not, it's not really enough. So the first thing I did, I think it was about 2018, maybe still 20, no, still 2017. I started like a, like a cooperative for art fairs and everybody would pitch in and we would rent a booth and then I would staff the booth and sell the art and things like that. And then the artist would make a hundred percent. And that, that was kind of fun. That, that worked, that worked well. Um, and then when I, you know, when I first moved to Santa Fe, um, it was two weeks before shutdown during the pandemic. And so I lost my space. My landlord wasn't really working with me. <laughs> so it wasn't until just a couple, um, a few months ago that I actually bought this rundown office building and converted it into artist studios and gallery space. And so now art artists have all these different ways of showing with me. So they can rent a studio here in Santa Fe and just enjoy making their artwork for a week and, and really just get away from all the distractions. And then on the weekends, we have open studios. The same time that the galleries are open on the other side of the building, we open up all the studios so people can come in and visit with the artists. And each one of our studios has gallery lighting um, and they make a hundred percent. So it's, it's another like great on-ramp in a sense where artists can really take control of their career. And if they want that exposure in Santa Fe, they can get it. As a matter of fact, we just had somebody get signed by a gallery here in Santa Fe um, after having a, um, after doing a residency in an open studio here. So that was really exciting. Uh, I love that. I love those stories. It's amazing. And yeah. I can just like feel from you that you're, you're so passionate about this work and it is so powerful because the art world can be a really tough place to navigate. I think especially when you're starting out. I'm curious to hear a little bit more also about your journey, you know, as a fine arts major for your undergraduate. I also was a fine arts major here at um, SVA in New York City. And it was an amazing school and a great program. But what I found was that when I graduated, I literally had no, I think like many other fine art majors, I had no idea what I no was going idea. to do, I crashed right. and burned the, the year after graduation. Like I've talked about this on the podcast before. I was just so um, confused. <laughs> but I, for me, lucky enough, I was, yeah, it's a hard time. It's, you're trying to figure out, like you, you're not prepared really. So, you know, I was fortunate to where I was, I had applied to um, a program at the Guggenheim Museum and I was selected for it. And that really got me on a uh, a trajectory towards what I'm doing now. It was a really powerful program. And that is what I think, I don't want to say saved me, but really like, you know, it affected everything from, from there on out for me in a really positive way. Had I not been selected for that program, I really don't know 
what I would have done because I just wasn't prepared. So how I'm curious to learn a little bit about your experience and how that was for you. Well, I definitely had the same experience. And and sadly, I think the same thing is going on today. I mean, yeah. people who come out with master's degrees, you know, and 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 there's yeah. not there's no conversation in school, even when you're paying these exorbitant amounts of money for an MFA to to really launch your career. You know, there there's not a discussion about, well, how do you get a gallery and what 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 are the steps you take? So for me personally, because that was that was your question, I felt the same way. I got out and I thought, okay, I made sure that my GPA was really high, you know, when I got my bachelor's and you know, that's gonna get me into, you know, a master's program. And then of course I started looking at the prices of the master's programs and uh, and then I thought, okay, well, I'll, you know, I'll continue making art, which I did for like maybe two or three years after I graduated. Um, but had no clue. Uh, like there was, I think there was sort of this idea, like if I just make it, they will come, you know, like if I just make, if I make good enough art that somehow somebody magically is going to like show up in my studio and, and, you know, and sign me and then the rest is history sort of thing. You know, I don't think I ever fleshed that out really. It was just sort of this, you know, if I, if I had sat and thought about it and scripted it out, maybe I would have realized that that was, you know, silly and just sort of wishful mm-hmm. thinking and not very practical. Um, it wasn't until my sister actually married um, a very prominent dealer and in Los Angeles. And I, that's when I really started learning the business. And at that point I was already kind of past doing fine art, um, unfortunately, but it was so eye-opening, you know, like, wow, not only did I never learn any of this in school, but there was this sort of secret world in a way that um, was nothing like I had imagined, you know, and um, that, I think that was extremely informative for me, you know, moving forward and in, in building businesses, you know, for artists and about art. Um, you know, whether it was the gallery or a collective or things like that, it just, you know, that informed a lot of it. Um, because I think a lot of times artists have these, this idea because that's what we're told in school, or if you didn't go to art school, then it's, it's still out there in the ethosphere, right? Like you, you hear all this bullshit basically that, you know, you make good enough art, someone's going to come and, and, and rescue you. Someone's going to help you and guide you. And it, and it never happens, that's, you know, that I would love to dispel that immediately and let people know that you, you know, you have to be proactive. You have to build relationships. You need to, you know, sometimes you need to pay for that art booth or you need to, you know, pay somebody to promote you or, you know, that's just part of it. You know, every, all the, there's all these pieces and parts to it. Um, and you can't just sit back and, and have wishful thinking, unfortunately. I mean, it'd be wonderful if, if that's the way it worked, but it rarely does. Like, you know, lots of times artists, I find like they just post on Instagram and they're thinking, yeah, someone's going to discover me on Instagram. Cause I loved painting this painting and, and it, you know, it means a lot to me and, you know, but they're not expressing that right. They're not, you know, there's, there's, and they, the number of artists who are discovered on Instagram and then signed by a gallery is like, I don't know, 0.0001%, like pretty much the same percentile as like, you know, these super blue chip artists who are still alive, right? Like it's just so such a small sliver. And, you know, when you start looking at those numbers, you know, that's when you realize like, okay, I need to take my career in my, in my hands and take control of it and, you know, take the bull by the horns and do what I need to do. If it's important to me, 
you know, move forward instead of waiting. A hundred percent. Because actually when you first started describing this, and I think this is, you know, this idea has been around for so long where it's just like, yeah, build it and they will come. Or, you know, when I was in art school as well, it was like, we'll just go to the openings and network and then eventually something will happen. But it's actually like, it's such a disempowering narrative because it's like, okay, so you just have to wait until these gatekeepers can basically let you in, like decide that you're good enough and let you in. And there's actually so much that you can be doing to advocate for yourself. Like I'm thinking of a few artists I know that I have a couple artist friends that are represented by galleries and also sell their work independently online. I also have some artist friends who choose not to work with galleries because they just are making a lot from selling through through directly through their website, through their mailing list, through social media. There's so many routes you can take. And I actually think that we are living in the best time right now to be an artist because social media is such a powerful tool. Email marketing is such a powerful tool. But unfortunately, I think there is like an institutional change that needs to happen because I lead a lot of workshops and uh, group programs for emerging artists to share strategies and um, and tools and to teach skills and, you know, things that I feel strongly artists can be doing to, you know, empower themselves and to take control, as you said, of their careers. But even recently, I had an amazing young artist. Uh, she's so lovely and very talented uh, and very driven in my group program. And she just graduated from art school. And, you know, everything I was teaching was new to her. She wasn't taught it, which kind of showed me, okay, schools are still not really prioritizing like the practical side, the logistical side of building an art career. Um, I think that is it is a course that every fine arts student should take and it should actually be like a requirement to graduate. You know, how to build a website, how to start a mailing list, how to navigate social media, all of these things that I think a lot of artists are figuring out for themselves. But I, I really appreciate the work you're doing because you're helping to connect artists to these opportunities and also encouraging them um, to put themselves out there because I feel like that's such a big part of it is just increasing your visibility through taking yeah. action, not being afraid to put yourself out there. Yeah. Um, what Do you have advice for, let's say, um, I'm thinking of an emerging artist who might be at this point right now in their art career where they're at the very beginning, maybe they're just starting to sell work, they're still very much learning how to navigate the art world, but they're feeling ready to take the next step. What might you suggest to them? Well, first off, I totally, before I get into that, I totally agree with you with the art school thing. It drives me nuts. It yeah. drives me nuts. And then you, you, yeah. you look at how much money people are spending, especially in these MFA programs, and they're coming out not really knowing anything. And it's it's almost like what you were just talking about, like all these su- super important things, like you know the email list, social media, websites, all this stuff, right? They're critical, like they're sort of foundation, right? And, and nobody is taught that. Nobody talks about it. And it's almost like I don't know how you feel about this, but there's almost like, oh, you shouldn't have to do that kind of thing. Or like, that's not the sexy part of being an artist. Like, oh, you know, because I hear all the time from artists, oh, I hate marketing. I hate doing, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's you're running a micro business, you know, essentially. 
And you gotta, you gotta do that. You know, you can be selling, you know, tortillas or something, but if you're not marketing it, you're going to have a stack of them. You know, it's no different. I would, I can't remember who it was, but I was talking with an artist recently who has had a lot of success in recent years um, with her art career because she just really puts herself out on social media. She applies to so many opportunities. Like she just goes for it. And I think she's actually making a full-time living now from her art career. Um, She's created a huge presence on social media. She's amazing. But she shared a story with me where I can't remember exactly how she worded it, but she said that like when she was graduating from art school, um, you know, this was probably like eight, nine years ago, she mentioned to one of her painting professors that she wanted to participate in like a local art walk to show her work and to put it out there. And he made a, a such a derogatory comment about her doing that. Right. Um, you know, just basically, I can't remember word for word what he said, but basically saying like, that's really cheapening what you're doing or like you should discouraging her from it, kind of scoffing at it, turning his nose up at the, at the idea of it. And she didn't listen and she continued to put herself out there. And now she's, you know, I think she is represented by multiple galleries. She's has this huge audience because she didn't listen to that advice and she just went for it. Yeah. You know, and the other part of that, the other piece of that is that, you know, a man telling a younger woman, no, this is how it works. But at the same time, simultaneously, you know, 75% of the the people in, in art assigned galleries are men, you know? So, yes. so what's a woman going to yes. do, right? You know, it makes me sick that that's still going on. Um, that's another yeah. tangent I could go on, but I won't. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so if you think about it about. that way. Yeah. Right. Like it, if you think about it in those terms that, you know, what, what is a young woman supposed to do when she first gets out of art school and she has this, you know, somebody she looks up to who's more, you know, prominent, obviously in, in, in the field and like, oh, don't do that. That's, that's below you. Or that's, you know, doing a craft show or something, or, you know, it's yeah. not like she's working out of her, you know, selling out of her garage or something, you know, um, it, it's just maintaining that fantasy of, you know, oh, you know, you make good enough work and someone's going to swoop in and save you and you're not going to have to do anything and you're not going to have to pay anybody for anything and you're not going to have to do any work. It can also be really problematic. The first gallery that ever represented me, I was fresh out of art school and it I wasn't even looking, truly. It just... Uh, so on one hand, I crashed and burned because I had no idea what I was doing. But on the other hand, uh, I did have a small a small gallery, but they were wonderful. That was they were supporting me and they were selling my work here and there, um, which was which was great. I actually don't think it even happened. I think I've been out of art school for about two years at that point. It wasn't immediately after, but it was really exciting. However, what happened was within about maybe a year and a half of being represented by them, selling my work directly to their collector base. They closed down due to some financial difficulties they were having. And because I hadn't taken anything into my own hands of like, you know, social media was just starting at this point. I think this was like 2014. Um, Mm -hmm. So it it was very, very new. So I really didn't know how to navigate it for my own art. Um, And I just, I really didn't know how to build a career in terms of like the practical side of building a business. So when the gallery closed, 
it was really hard for me because I felt like, oh my gosh, well, what do I do now? You know, I think just speaking to your point of relying so heavily on someone to come in and like this idea of saving you and sharing your work with their collector base, it can be a really beautiful thing. But I think that even if you are represented by a gallery, there's still work you need to be doing because nothing is ever guaranteed. And if that relationship doesn't continue, then you'll be where I was, which I felt like I was left with nothing and I had no idea how to sell my work independently. Um, it wasn't right. until years later that I even discovered email marketing as as a powerful tool for selling. So I think no matter what your situation is, even if that you do experience that moment where a gallery swoops in, uh, it's still important to be advocating for yourself uh, no matter what. That's a great point. That's I mean, I totally agree with that. And, you know, and the dynamic, the relationship between a gallery and artists has also really evolved and changed with the advent of social media, especially with Instagram. I mean, it's, it's become, you know, very complicated. They can't, you know, it's very difficult to have any kind of, um, you know, very strict, you know, you could only show with me, you know, that's, that's practically impossible anymore. I mean, it used to be like that. Right. Um, and, and that's, and it's constantly evolving, but it, but it like to your point earlier that we are in the best time for artists. I totally agree because there's so many different opportunities and so many options for people, um, in addition to galleries, instead of just thinking, oh, the gallery is the end all, you know, there's all these other paths and all these different ways that you can do things. And, you know, I think for, you know, shedding those sort of old beliefs of like, this is the way you do things in the art world. And this is the only way you can do things. Like to your point about that professor telling that young woman, you know, oh, don't do that. That's trashy or whatever. All that, we have to get rid of all that. We have to get rid of that idea, you know, that artists cannot do this on their own, right? Like, you know, it, it's, and, and, it, and it's sad to me when I meet artists who, who you know, who, who don't want to, you know, venture into things on their own and, and, and take their career in their own hands. Because then, you know, I meet a lot of artists who, you know, are older in age and they have, you know, literal, like, you know, multiple storage units full, full of work, you know, because they say, well, I don't want to do an art fair on my own, or I don't want to do that, or I don't know social media, you know, and it's just like, wow, like, just give it, give it a shot. And if you don't like doing it, hire somebody to do it. And, you know, that art in those storage units isn't, you know, it's, it's not, it's not moving. It's not going to move itself. So, you know, it's, it's tough. It is tough. And I think, you know, it is so important to just have this conversation about advocating for yourself and taking full responsibility for your art career. Cause that truly is what really needs to happen. I think in order to make progress and, um, and I think a lot of the times when artists say, you know, I hate marketing or it's not for me, usually it's because maybe they haven't, you know, and I don't mean this, I, I didn't, fully, when I used to make those comments, I can speak for myself, it's because I didn't really know how to do marketing <laughs> or like I didn't really know what successful marketing looked like rather. Um, I, w- I wasn't sure. It took, yeah. I had to learn. I had to be, there's a willingness that I think you have to have if you want to be successful in any field. And it's really no different for artists. You have to be willing to learn. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to ask for help. And you also sometimes have to do things afraid. Even if you're nervous to do the art fair, even if you're, you feel silly sending a newsletter, updating your mailing list of what you've been up to, like, you just got to do it because you, no one, I always say like, 
This is a motto that I live by as well, which is no one can advocate for you in the way that you can for yourself. You know, like mm-hmm. even if you do hire someone, which I think is a great, uh, a great alternative as well. But at the end of the day, like um, this is sometimes when I work with artists who hire someone to manage their social media, I encourage them to consider managing their own social media or like finding a balance because I'm like, they can't talk about that painting the way that you can, you know, through your captions or through your stories. Like it's your mm-hmm. voice, it's your connection. Um, but just going back a little bit to the question that I, <laughs> then we totally could digress because there's so much to talk about. Um, I'm just curious to hear from you from a gallery owner's perspective, what advice would you give to an emerging artist, an early career artist who is looking to increase visibility and sort of like not quite sure where to start or what steps to take? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that first off, do everything that we were just talking about. Um, whether yeah. you're comfortable with it or not, learn to be more comfortable with it. Learn to be more comfortable about, you know, no one's asking you to become a stripper and, you know, woo, you know, like no one's asking for that. We're just asking for you to show your work and talk about it, you know, and, and it's really good practice. It's really good practice to, um, you know, if you do it daily, you know, um, it's not after a while, it's not going to be quite as painful. Take it in in baby steps. So that's that's one thing. I mean, learn how to do all that stuff. Learn how to promote yourself. Learn how to talk about your work. And then most importantly, make connections with people. Not just communicate to people or at people, which I think, you know, we're kind of in this place right now with social media where I think there's a lot of that going on. Um, and, and then, you know, I think artists sometimes think like, well, I don't like to be advertised to or talked at you know, so I don't want to be that person or like, you know, this used car salesman type thing. Right. And it's not about that. It's about sharing yourself. It's about sharing your work. It's about sharing your process and things like that. Things that might be easier to talk about. There's so many different things that you can talk about on social media that isn't, you know, might not feel invasive to, to, to someone. Right. Um, but make connections with people, build those connections. Um, you know, meet, go to the openings. Like that was the one advice that you got, I guess, in in school and, but follow through with that. Like, you know, if there's a workshop going on at that gallery, um, like you guys have workshops, you know, get involved with that, find out, uh, what kind of events and stuff they're having and just, you know, be present, be, be there and make connections. Don't just communicate, but try to make connections, try to make friends. I mean, you know, gallerists are in the business not to make money because it, <laughs> they're in the business because they love art and they love artists. Um, and they're not, you know, most, you know, I know a lot of them can be kind of snotty, um, but a lot of them aren't, you know, find the one that you do naturally connect with and make those connections and just, just be there and show up and, um, you know, be kind, be aware, um, be proactive, learn all the tricks and tips that you can from, you know, people like you, Victoria, who know, you know, who know about marketing, who know about that kind of stuff. Um, You know, if you're, if you're afraid to do an art fair, go with someone else, split a booth with another artist that you like. One of the things that I also always recommend is for artists to um, have a studio in a building where there's lots of other artists. So, you know, once you get out of art school, I mean, remember how like kind of isolating and weird it was where all of a sudden you have like, no, you know, you don't have these assignments anymore. You don't have these deadlines anymore. And you also don't have like all the other artists around you that create this incredible energy and really keep you going with your work. And so you can have that if you rent a studio somewhere where there's a lot of other people present 
give yourself residencies, go away somewhere, you know, where you want to go and, and disconnect and really focus on your work. Um, but mostly, you know, connect with, connect with other people, connect with other artists, connect with galleries, connect with curators, but in an authentic way, right? Like, you know, volunteer at the art museum in your town and meet people that way. And, you know, just be curious, be open. Um, and, you know, most likely success is going to follow if you keep doing it and not to give up if you have one loss or one failure, you know, cause lots of times if a, I find that like an artist doesn't get into a show, Oh, I'm never going to enter that juried show again. Well, you know, there could be a different juror and, you know, don't, you, you, this is just part of the process. You know, it's just part of the process. You, you know, if everybody got in every show, every juried show, then that juried show isn't really worth much, right? Like there's, there has to be a cutoff. There has to be some kind of delineation and it's always the juror's view, right? So don't, don't take these, these little losses as like these catastrophic things of like, oh, I'm not meant to be an artist and, you know, this kind of thing, which is really easy to do, right? Because it's very emotional. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's an emotional, passionate thing, you know, and you have to keep that passion alive to keep moving forward. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, so many amazing and I think essential key points that you just brought up. I love what you said about uh, connection because I it took me a while to truly understand and feel this, but connection, making genuine connections with other artists, with curators, galleries, people in your local community and beyond is so important. Like I actually don't I'm at the point now where I don't think it's really possible to grow your art career, to build an art career if that does not happen. I think that's like foundational um, for sure. And because, yeah, because artists are amazing resources. I think of all the artists that I know that, that are like, hey, did you know this gallery is having an open call? Or, oh, I just showed my work here. I should introduce you to so-and-so. This is how connections start to organically form. And it also reminded me of you know, I'm sure you experience this as well, but so many DMs on on social media. But what I will say is that like when we go through our messages or we go through our email, emails from artists who are reaching out to us for a possibility to be featured or just interested in, in exposure um, or an opportunity that we have, the artists who write something genuine to us and authentic and actually it's written from the heart, we're not you know, we're not always able to get back to every message, even the really heartfelt ones, just because there's not enough hours in the day. But there's such a higher chance that we will respond um, and actually read those messages than the people who are just like the artists who are like, how can I show my work? Can you show my work? Can you show my art? You know, it's like, oh gosh. Yeah. It's like, I don't even, I don't even open them or I skim them because it's like, there's no connection, but and I experienced this a little bit when we had our opening in Tribeca. It was interesting to see we had a really big turnout. I think like almost 200 people came, uh, which was amazing. And there were some artists who would come up to me and we would have a really organic conversation about their work. It felt very much like they were coming to support the show, to support the com- you know my company. Um, and the artists in in the exhibition. And you can kind of feel it from yeah. them energetically. But the there were a few artists who I could tell, you know, they their intention was they were there. They were they were there to network, which is not a bad thing. But you know that they come up to you right away. The business card is, 
you know, you get the business card, it can feel a little bit abrasive. And Mm -hmm. so I also just think it's important, you know, just building off of this point that you made to when you make connections, um, it it should really be no different than if you were making a connection with a friend or someone you were interested in. Like we're humans too. Um, so you don't want to bombard someone with, you know, <laughs> your your work and your your business card, but you do want to just show your support and, you know, because those are the artists I remember. Me too. Yes. Me too. Yes. It's it's so important. And actually, one of those artists that came up to me at, at our Tribeca show and was very respectful and very complimentary about the work and we just ended up having this amazing conversation. It felt very authentic. We're now putting him in a show uh, that we're having this fall in our you know, gallery that we're opening in Red Hook. And I reached out to him because I remembered that conversation from the opening. So I just think it's such an important point that you make. And uh, yeah, all really important things to think about. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's, this isn't, you know, it's not rocket science and, and every career, every, every field, you really have to do the same thing. You need to connect with other people on an authentic level. Right. And, and yeah, when you, I, I think what I always tell artists is, you know, put yourself in the other person's shoes, right? Like, like when you like a dealer at an art fair, um, they've paid a ton of money to be there. Their goal is to sell art not find new artists. And so when you walk up to somebody, a dealer at an art fair in particular, um, they're under a lot of pressure. That's where their head is, right? I got to sell art to make my money back. They're not looking for new art at that moment, right? Like they're, they're, they're doing something else. So, so take a minute and just think like, is this the time to approach um, a dealer or a curator or a gallery owner or whatever, um, you know, at their opening when they're in the midst of a sale and then I put my cell phone in their face and like start flipping through pig, you know, it's just like, take a second and, and put yourself in the other person's shoes. Because when you don't do that, I think that it immediately tells that person like, oh, this is all about them. Like working with this person is going to be really difficult because they're already approaching me with, with it's all about them and their story and their narrative and they're not, you know, it's not like, it's not a team effort right off the bat. And so I think that's, that's why it's, it's kind of like off-putting for dealers because in gallerists, because, um, you know, it's like, well, I already know, like, well, if you're going to stick your phone in my face, you know, at an opening when I'm in the middle of a conversation with somebody else, and I might be making a deal and selling a piece that tells me right there that you're going to be difficult to work with, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I really appreciate your honesty around this because I think it's really important. And I feel like a lot of these artists, a lot of artists, it's it's like we're not, we we might think that it's different, you know, in that situation, but it's really not. It's the same as if you were, you know, walking up to someone that you just wanted to have a conversation with. Like you really have to approach it, I think, um, the same way versus, oh my gosh, I have a limited time. So I need to be a little bit more, uh, you know, forward with my approach because actually that's going to do the opposite. And I also just want to tail off of um, another really amazing point that you brought up, which I'm such an advocate advocate for this, and that is not being afraid to invest in yourself as an artist. Like mm-hmm. a lot of work that I do with artists, it is about increasing visibility. And oftentimes to increase visibility, 
you know, there are fees attached and that is just the reality of it. You know, entry fees, I usually suggest like come up with a monthly budget if, you know, that's something that feels good for you. Um, but also art fairs, right? The cost of renting a booth, the cost of renting a studio space in a building with other artists is one of the best investments you can make in your career. It does require a monthly fee attached to that. So of course, you know, I want to be careful saying this because everyone it is in a different financial place and it depends, of course, what you can just realistically invest in at that time financially. You know, I've worked with single moms before. I've worked with like art, so many different kinds of artists. And for some of them, that's just not feasible. But if there's a way you can make that happen, I mean, for me, I graduated in 2012. The first time I was able to rent my own studio uh, for painting in again was like a year ago, you know? So it took a long time before I was able to afford that again, but I was able to. And so it is, it's different and sometimes it can take a long time, but if you're thinking about priorities and getting to that next level in your art career, I think it's just a, an important and an honest conversation to have with what you are able to invest in because the artists who are able to make it work with renting that space or participating in that, that art fair or whatever it might be, really amazing opportunities often come from that, from those things. So, you know, also the, I will say like, taking courses, you know, investing in your education as well. Like you don't have to go get an MFA. You can take courses. You can, you know, I do a a mentorship program. Like there's so many things out there. I've had to take and invest so much in uh, marketing courses and online workshops with gallerists and curators and successful artists over the years to learn these strategies, which I now teach, but I wouldn't even be in this position where I could help other artists had I not invested time and money uh, in taking that many workshops and classes and all of that. So I just really appreciate your point about that because, uh, you know, it is the reality. It's the world we live in. And I think it's, it's important and can, can lead to some really um, amazing things for you and, and your art career if you can do that. Yeah. And, you know, again, most fields, you know, it's not even in the arts, but most fields, you know, people do have to invest time and money into professional development. And, and that's, you know, it's an ongoing thing. I mean, you know, teachers have to, you know, lots of school districts require them to go back and get their master's degree, for example, you know, like it's, it's not like, you know, you, you get out of school and you're, you're done and you know everything. And, you know, you know, life is like an ongoing, always learning situation. And, you know, if you, if you, you know, sit back and just sort of wait for things to happen to you instead of, you know, taking, taking the bull by the horns and, 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 and investing in yourself and your career, yes. um, it's going to pay off. I, I, I can't think of a time when I haven't seen that payoff in one way yeah. or another, even if it's just more confidence, even if it's yes. just, you know what I mean? Like, and that's huge because a lot of it is that a lot of it is that, you know, artists tend to be introverted and, and not comfortable maybe in the, in the limelight, you know, or, and, and, and just, you know, just developing a little thicker skin or, um, or like, Hey, I can do this and feel a little bit more confident about posting on Instagram, something as simple as that, or sending out your newsletter or things, you know, it's all, you know, it's, it, it, it all adds up and it's, and it's, and it's going to pay off. I don't, I can't think of a time when I haven't seen it pay off for somebody. 
A hundred percent. Because like what you're saying, even if like, let's say you go to an art, you know, you invest in going to an art fair, you have all your work and maybe you make one sale or you make no sales. Chances are just the experience of you talking about your work for two days straight, um, Mm -hmm. interacting with your audience, engaging with people who are interested in your work, uh, being physically present there with your work in that environment is going to make you more comfortable um, with speaking about your art, it's you're putting yourself out there. Your confidence is going to grow. So they're really, and I can't think of a time I've ever invested in a, a learning opportunity or an opportunity to, to increase visibility for myself um, as an artist or as an artpreneur, <laughs> so to speak, that hasn't paid off. So this is really great advice. Okay, I did have I did have one more question for you that I'm just also genuinely curious okay. about, which is you know, you studied fine art. How did your experience studying fine, like, do you still make art or how did your experience creating when you were in college, like, you know, impact where, where you're at now, now that you're on the other end, do you feel like you have a little bit more of an informed perspective or, um, I always love asking this when I meet, um, a curator or a gallerist who either is a practicing artist or was a practicing artist at one time. It, you know, it informed me a lot in my graphic design career. I had an amazing professor. Um, the art that I made was super unsellable. It was like installations, politically, you know, uh, motivated, you know, everything that you don't, you know, it was weird, everything that's like super hard to sell. Of course, nobody told me that, right? Um, <laughs> and I had this one professor, Malcolm Cochran, who um, was extremely influential to me. Even, you know, doing, uh, when I talk about art now with artists, when I, when I was making, uh, you know, creating things for all the different companies that I worked for when I was an art director, um, I always, you know, relied on a lot of what he said and, um, and still do. And actually, weirdly enough, like now I'm back in touch with him and he does these big, huge sculptures and I'm, we're trying to bring some here for outside there, you know, sculptures only for, out, you know, it, it on my, cause I have two and a half acres here. And, um, so, so it was really cool to like kind of connect with him back as a, as a, as a gallerist and, um, and, uh, you know, let him know how influential he was to me. Um, I think my creativity, you know, shifted, like, I, I mean, I was dead set on, on, you know, being a fine artist and, and it was really hard for me, if I'm honest, it was really hard based on these sort of like bullshit ideas, I think that I had, um, to switch to graphic design and then into art direction. It was really like, I felt like I was sort of giving up on everything, but in reality, and and I felt sort of like, like it sucked. Like I, I, like at the time, like I was like, this sucks. I don't, you know, I'm meant to be an artist. I meant to do fine art. I meant to do blah, blah, blah. And so it was really, it was emotionally and intellectually really hard for me, like, if I'm honest, I, and, but what I found was that I actually, as I moved into it and as my career really grew and I had some really great positions, um, that creativity, uh, like grew and, um, it, 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 it was, it was different, but not, you know, so I still, I was still creating and, and I realized that for me, um, maybe not other people, but for me, it was about, just creating things, whether that's a gallery or a, a, a art, entrepreneurial, there's a word, uh, business, like you mentioned, entrepreneur, um, 
you know, that also for me is super fulfilling, like really fulfilling. And I, you know, artists lots of times ask me like, how can you not make art anymore? And, uh, you know, first off, it's been so long that I don't really think about it, but I'm so creatively fulfilled. And I think maybe even more, you know, and, and it's, um, it's morphed and changed, but it's still the same. Does that make sense? It totally does because I can actually relate to you everything that you said on a personal and creative level uh, because I also, you know, I studied fine art um, and I'm still a painter. I still paint uh, regularly. However, I've taken a break from selling and exhibiting my work for a little over two years now. Will I return to that at some point? I might, but exactly how you, I mean, the way you said it, it just really resonated with me where when you're a creative person, it doesn't always have to be so literal, you know, you're making an artwork that can be one really powerful manifestation of that, but creating a gallery, creating a community, uh, all of these are creative pursuits that are incredibly fulfilling as well. And I, similar to you, I also feel that they kind of fulfill maybe even in a deeper way, that need, that outlet, that creative release that, you know, we, is often the reason we are artists in the first place. So, uh, I I appreciate your honesty. And I also just think that, you know, what you are creating is so powerful. Um, You, you have brought so many artists together and you're providing like these beautiful opportunities for artists from literally all over. So it's amazing. Yeah. Really, really incredible. Thank well, you. Jen, this has been an amazing conversation. I feel like I could just continue the conversation for many too. more hours. Dogs and cats, <laughs> recipes. And so can. many other things. <laughs> yeah, definitely on the same page with a lot of topics here. Um, but I wanted to sort of wrap up the conversation by just uh, asking you to share where our wonderful listeners can learn more about you um, on Instagram, your website. And then I will also include those links in the show notes as well. Cool. Um, so I've got two websites. It's airstudios.art, uh, not .com. I always have to be different, right? Um, and <laughs> you can rent you can rent a studio here in Santa Fe and do your own self-directed residency, get away from all the distractions, connect with other artists, sell your work to a new market. Um, it's really cool. Um, the rents that it starts at 300 a week. So it's really affordable. Um, and you make a hundred percent on all your sales. So, um, it's a great, it's a great thing to do. And, and people are really enjoying it. I think the thing that they're enjoying the most is connecting with other artists and also getting away, you know, from the laundry and the groceries and the, you know, you're just, you can focus. It's such a luxury. It's such a gift. Um, so there's that airstudios.art and then also gentuff.com is, um, my gallery website now. Um, I actually have three gallery spaces now. It's, it's so, it's, it's so, um, exorbitant. <laughs> so, um, you can find out what That's shows. Amazing. <laughs> it's kind of nuts, right? Like this building is huge. It's like, it's like 6,000 square feet. So it's a little, yeah, it's a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, there's a lot going on for me and, and I would love to have anybody listening to just come along, check it out, see what we have going on. If it resonates with you, then you know, send me an email, sign up for a workshop or a residency or whatever you want. And yeah. 
Incredible. Well, I will include all of this in the show notes. And Jen, thank you so much again. An amazing conversation. I feel so inspired and uplifted. I hope our listeners do too. And uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com slash magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to digital issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.